From the EPR Creation Studio, this is Jason Staples bringing you the Unconquered Podcast. As always, this podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, bringing you the best of website development and internet marketing for an affordable price. Also by the Unconquered Podcast Shop. If you want to get some pretty cool little uh, Mike Norvell stickers and some Climb stickers and the best-selling Rise sticker, go ahead and go over there. Don't cost that much and be happy to send something to you and you can support the podcast that way. Also, if you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating and review over at iTunes. Always appreciate that or Apple Music or whatever they call it these days. Apple Podcasts or whatever, wherever you do your podcasting, leave a review always helps the show, uh, helps other people find us and uh, moves us up in the rankings just a little bit, which helps. So um, we're doing the uh, Clemson preview here a little bit later than normal. Sorry, uh, life intervenes sometimes and you got children, but uh, a little better than better late than never. And so we're going to go ahead and get down to it. The uh, Clemson Florida State matchup was supposed to be in the last few years was, you know, supposed to be the marquee game in the ACC. And it hasn't been for a while because Florida State has just not been that team. And uh, Clemson has won the last six, I believe, which is kind of hard to believe because back when that streak started, it looked like Florida State might just run away with the series forever. Uh, you know, 2013, 2014 looked like Florida state was really, was really there in 2013 and Clemson wasn't coming back. wasn't going to be able to, to reach that level. And then all of a sudden Florida state hit reverse and Clemson hit the accelerator with a couple of generational quarterbacks. And that was that this year though, I think it's pretty significantly different. I mean, last year was a very different ball game. Florida state at Clemson took them down to the last possession was leading that game in the fourth quarter, as you recall, had was was in position to win the game and ultimately lost by score. It was more than a one-score game. FSU didn't cover, but remember that was a fumble return for a touchdown with no time left on the clock. So, you know, one of those where they're desperately trying to win the game instead of just, you know, covering the spread. So, you know, it is what it is. But this year is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, Because I think this Clemson team is better than last year's Clemson team, but not by a whole lot. And I think this Florida State team is significantly better than last year's team. And of course, this is at Florida State. So yeah, that's that in itself is interesting. I think Clemson is good, but gettable this year. And FSU is one of those teams that has, I think overall on the year, if you look at yards per play and, and some of the other metrics that generally associate with with record, Florida State has outperformed their overall record so far on the year. And and that's despite having a lot of adversity. And adversity is something, you know, I often kind of roll my eyes when I hear about, uh, I hear players and coaches talk about, you know, well, you know, we had to fight through adversity. That's what we're about, about here. And it's like, well, the adversity was that you threw three interceptions. That was self-made adversity. In this case, FSU's actually had to deal with real adversity in the sense of a lot of their best players on the season, guys that, that, you felt like coming into the season would need to be better, would need to be healthy for them to uh, to improve. Some of those guys haven't been out there or they've been limited. It's been a very banged up season and they've still managed to come out and, and play and go toe to toe in every game. This team probably should be five and one right now instead of four and two. And, you know, this game would look a little different, I suspect, if they had beaten NC State last week. I think there'd be a little less pessimism and I think uh, people would have a little closer to the idea of what 
the uh, odds makers have. I think a number of people I've, heard, I've seen a number of people surprised at the at the spread in this one. Thing is, the spread is I think pretty close to right in this game, and and we'll talk about why uh, in this in this podcast. But uh, like I said, I think Clemson is is good but gettable this year, and Florida State is a good football team this year, but is still very banged up in key spots that have cost them in the last couple games. So I'm going to talk about a few surprising. I want to lead this off by talking about a few surprising things so far this season. And yeah, it's just when you actually take a look at this, or if you've actually watched Clemson play this year, there, there are a few things that kind of stick out. Now these numbers, I mean, I I'm not one of those guys. I I actually rely less on stats and numbers than certain certain folks. I mean, out there, I tend to be someone who I, I trust my scouting report. So I, I look at this, and you know, there some of you out there have been following this podcast for ten years. You know, I've been willing to go against the numbers a number of times when I was confident that my scouting report was right. That no, this matchup and this matchup, this is where this game turns. I don't care about the rest of the numbers or whatever. I think this guy's better. I think they're going to be able to use this. That's the that's that's how I how I go. But I do think numbers and stats can help in terms of giving they can validate what your eyes see or they can uh they can be used in this context as a as a tool to help explain what you have seen. And and these are some numbers. I'm going to I'm going to run through some numbers that are pretty surprising so far this year. But if you've watched both teams, it's actually these numbers actually basically are true to what we've seen on the field so far. The first thing that is surprising based, compared to what you would expect coming into the season is that Florida State's defense has been about as good as Clemson's so far against their common opponents. They played three common opponents. And so far, actually, if you looked at the three games as a whole, Florida State's defense has outperformed Clemson's defense on the whole against those three opponents. Now, coming into the season, Clemson was... Everybody expected them to be far and away the best defense in the ACC, one of the top five in the country. And they still might be that by the end of the season. But through the first part of the season, it's been kind of surprising. And, you know, I I, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought... Florida State had a chance, you know, they had their ceiling was in maybe the top 15 in the country in terms of what their defense might be if they stayed healthy and, and other things. Well, they haven't stayed healthy. They, they lost their most arguably most important and I think certainly best player on defense or maybe maybe versus your best player. I don't know, but your most proven and best, most reliable player coming into the season. They lost him in game one with Fabian Lovett. And if you told me that they'd play basically the entire season to this point without love it after the LSU game. And then verse would be hurt for a good portion of that and miss a lot and would be limited. I don't think that I would have, I would not have expected this defense to be as good as they've been. Florida state's been better defensively than I thought they'd be so far. And Clemson's not been quite as good. So let's take a look at their, their, their numbers against common opponents, which again, bear out sort of what I've seen. Clemson against Boston College gave up five or 3.53 yards per play. Florida State gave up 3.73 yards per play. That was a 6% difference in the game. And for what it's worth, Florida State was up 
immediately in that game. Clemson was was in a dogfight with with Boston College until about the middle of the third quarter when when things changed. Wound up thirty one to three, but it was it was close at the half. And Clemson starters played more in that game, so six percent difference. That that that's pretty much on the nose. Those two teams, pretty comparable performance against Boston College. Clemson at home against North Carolina State gave up 4.04 yards per play. Florida State on the road against NC State gave up 4.45 yards per play, a 9% difference in favor of Clemson. And you might say, well, Florida State, you know, did only play against Leary for, you know, two and a half of those quarters. Well, yeah, but the yards per play before and after Leary were identical for NC State. So about a 9% difference in that. So Clemson a little bit better against NC State, but also again, home and road and overall. Then against Wake, Clemson gave up 6.57 yards per play and Florida State gave up 4.76 yards per play. That's a 28% difference in favor of Florida State defensively. On the season, they've been pretty comparable defensively. And I think overall, FSU has been a little bit better defensively than Clemson. That's crazy to think about, but th- I think that's been true so far this year. Now, the defenses have been different. Clemson has been significantly better against the run than Florida State's defense. That that much is, is evident. On the year, Clemson's giving up 2.2 yards per carry against the run. Florida State, 3.97. So not quite double the yards per carry. But I mean, Clemson's, that's those are silly. That's elite numbers against the run. Florida State, that's a good number. 3.97 is good, but 2.2 is insane. Now, Clemson's played an easier schedule, so you know maybe that's, that's a factor. But then if you compare common opponents, Clemson gave up 1.13 yards per carry against Boston College. Florida State, 2.79. Wake Forest, 2.82 yards per carry for, against Clemson. 3.35 against Florida State, so about half a yard more per carry get by, by Wake against Florida State. And then NC State, 1.62 yards per carry against Clemson and 3.96 yards per carry against Florida State. So that's a pretty significant difference. You know, that's that's, you know, two thirds more per carry in the running game against FSU than against Clemson. And the other thing is that Clemson has been doing most of that damage without some of their top pieces on the defensive line. I mean, they, they've played the entire season without Xavier Thomas, who's returning, of course, against Florida State. And uh, Brzee, who has been out, is also returning. So Florida, Florida State's going to play a fully loaded Clemson defensive line, which really nobody's played against this season. So they get Brzee and, and Thomas back. And Florida State's still very banged up on the defensive line. I, I think with, with Lovett, FSU's numbers would be pretty comparable, even in that area, to what Clemson is against the run. He makes a huge difference for FSU against the run. But against the pass, it's a different story there. Clemson's giving up 6.5 yards per play against the pass. They gave up 11.6 yards per play against the pass against Wake. Florida State's giving up 5.9 yards per play against the pass. They only gave up 6.9 against against Wake, which is, you know, decent, but it's a far cry from 11.6. And really the big difference defensively on that side has been Florida State's given up very few big plays in the passing game, essentially none. I mean, no, no really big plays. And Clemson's been, they, they've given up some, some yards over the top in the, in the passing game. They've, they've, they've had their corners get mossed a little bit. Now, 
They are expecting to get a couple of guys potentially back. I'm not sure how healthy they're going to be. Some of their younger corners got victimized, particularly against against Wake Forest. We'll see how healthy they are. We'll see whether they are really mu- that much closer to full strength in the secondary against FSU, which could change some of that. But again, on the year, FSU has been better against the pass than than Clemson has. So that those are some, some surprising numbers. The another surprising number is Clemson offensively has only averaged 5.59 yards per play against power five opponents on offense. That's, that's pretty anemic. That, I mean, by contrast, Florida state against power five competition has averaged 6.7 yards per play offensively. So FSU has been significantly better offensively than Clemson has on the year in terms of moving the football. Now where they've been different offensively, and really this has been the reason that Clemson is winning some of those games and Florida state is not is in the red zone, Florida state on the year, not, not the best in the red zone, 75% in the red zone, Clemson on the year, 100% in the red zone, 75% touchdown percentage. FSU's touchdown percentage is 62%. If you want to know why Clemson is unbeaten and Florida state is not, that's why Clemson has had uh, 20, what 21 trips inside the red zone in their four power five games. And they've scored 15 touchdowns on those 21 trips and they've kicked a field goal on all the others. So it's a 71% touchdown rate against power five Florida state in five games against power five, 22 trips into the red zone and they've scored touchdowns on 59% of them. And they've come away empty on, let's see, seven of them. That's a big difference. That's the difference in, you know, winning and losing a couple games on the margin. That's the thing. If Florida State's going to win this game, they're going to have to actually score when when they get in the red zone. I know that sounds crazy, but that's been the difference between these two teams on the season. FSU has actually moved the football better. They've been overall a little better and more efficient as a team, but they've not finished drives and Clemson has. There's your difference. You can see this again against NC State. Florida State was minus one. And the other the other thing is the turnover ratio. Clemson is uh, plus five on the season. They were plus three against Louisiana Tech, which didn't matter. And then plus two against NC State. And they only won that NC State game by 10, despite being plus two. And a couple of those turnovers really mattered. So Florida State was minus one against NC State and really still should have won the game. Really was minus two if you count that punt beyond the line of scrimmage, which is a turnover. There's your difference. So really a four turnover swing accounts for more than the difference between those two games. So these two teams are actually really evenly matched. If you, if you look at how they've played on the season. Now, again, Clemson's getting two of their key pieces back. I think they may get another player or two back in the secondary, but that's where things stand. Now, next segment, we're going to look at the Clemson offense against the Florida state defense. Segment brought to you by Lewis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida. Lewis is the best in the business out there in Jacksonville. He is a trained photographer and videographer. If you want your house to look the absolute best online when everybody is where everybody's going to look for their real estate, 
Lewis does it better than anybody else. Nobody's going to make your, your real estate look better. Your house look better than Lewis. Give him a holler. Let him know you heard about him from the Unconquered podcast. So looking at this matchup, Clemson last year really struggled and DJ Uyunglele really struggled at quarterback. And there are a few things that they did. Uh, one is, first of all, they, they there's a co- coordinator change. They promoted from within. I've spent time with their offensive staff over the years. And, you know, I, I'm not super impressed by Streeter as a, as a, you know, coordinator offensive mind, as it were, you know, he is the, the, the benefit for him is that it's continuity with what they do. He runs the same stuff basically that they ran before, but you know, he's not going to, he's not a guy that's going to have a bunch of new solutions if there's something that's a problem for them. So that's a bit of an issue, but what they did, knowing that they struggled last year is they, they already run a simple offense. They actually simplified things even further. So instead of saying, well, you know, we need to modernize a little bit. We need to, you know, give uh, our, our guys a little bit more, a few more options. So the teams can't just uh, hone in on what we do. They said, no, we're going to simplify further. We're going to make it easier so that Uyunglele is turned loose to, you know, make decisions without, without thinking. And then Uyunglele also lost a lot of weight because, well, you know, this is what this is the reason I said going into last year he was going to be a problem for them. They've depended on the quarterback run for so many years that if you've got a statue back for them back there for them with what they do offensively, it's going to be a problem. And it was. So that's what they they did to change it. Now it's simplified even further. It's a jump ball and screen game offense, along with like quick game basics like smash and snag. They're not doing a whole lot. And you know, that's just what they are. And in the running game, they're not super sophisticated either. They, they, they run what they run. It's a basic run game that everybody runs. And honestly, they have not run the football well all season. They've averaged 3.85 yards per carry against power five opponents on the season. That's four games. They've averaged 3.85 yards per carry in those four games. Now that's not, that's not great. I mean, at minimum, you want four yards of carry if you want to have any sort of efficiency in the running game. And, you know, good offenses are usually over five. So they've not run it well. Now, they have been reasonably efficient in the passing game, but they've not been super explosive throwing it either. They've, they, they have had a few big plays here and there that have been the difference. So they, they had a few guys manage to... to win some jump balls and some over the tops to win that game against Clemson or against uh, Wake Forest. That is, they had uh, a couple core downfield throws that went for big plays for, you know, long, what 35, 40 yard plays against, against uh, NC state that helped determine that game. But by and large, they've not been very explosive in the passing game, only averaging about 265 yards per game against power five in those four games against power five competition. But they have taken care of the football. Like I said, plus five turnover margin. They've not had a negative turnover margin in any game this year. So, you know, that's that's part of what they've hung their hat on. They haven't shot themselves in the foot. It's a winning team. It's a winning program. They they know how to win games. But they have had some issues. They're young up front. They don't have a bunch of talent on that offensive line. And I don't think, honestly, they have a ton at running back. I mean, Will Shipley is a good back, but I think he's more of a third down type back. I think he's a better receiver than he is a running back. 
He's a guy you worry about if he gets one on one with, you know, a DJ Lundy in the in the passing game. You, this is a game where maybe Lundy plays less. Because you're less worried about them running the football down your throat and you are much more concerned about them using some sort of formation to get a, a matchup where you're one on one with Shipley in the passing game in the passing game against a guy like Lundy. This is a game where you want to go with with uh with Bethune and with Deloach as your as your linebackers as as much as you can because you're going to want to be able to run. That said, they just, you know, the biggest difference here, Clemson in terms of Clemson's offense is obviously DJ is not the elf, he's not, you know, Deshaun Watson, he's not one of those generational guys. He, he's a he's a quality co- uh, college quarterback with a huge arm, but he's not one of those dudes. And then the other thing is that they don't have anywhere close to some of the dudes they've had at wide receiver over the years. There's no T Higgins. There's no new Hopkins. There's no Sammy Watkins. They don't have any of those guys running around out there. Bo Collins, the, the six, three guy leading them in receiving right now. He's, he's pretty good. And Joseph not, uh, Nada is another six, three guy in the outside. Basically, if you've watched them the last three years, you know who he is. He's, he's a good player. But he, you know, if he was at Florida State, he probably would start, but he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be, uh, he wouldn't be Florida State's top receiver. So that's where they're at. Now, Antonio Williams, the freshman, number zero, uh, the 5'11 guy, he's playing in the slot. I think he's the guy that really matters in this game for, for Florida State to, more, than, more than the other two. He's a guy that, because he's got a little more juice, he's got a little more speed, and because of how their offense has, in so many ways over the years, been dependent on that slot, that sort of shifty, difficult to cover on option routes and in space kind of slot, that's where they've they've you know used that as a trump card at different points. He's a guy that really matters for them to be able to move the football in this game and to have maybe a couple big plays. Williams is a guy. This is where Florida State's going to have to be good in the slot. They're going to have to to know where he is and, and handle him and make sure that he doesn't uh, cause too many problems for them. But they've been pretty good there. Kevin Knowles has taken care of business there. Uh, you know, if Zay Flowers isn't doing a ton of damage to you in the slot, then, you know, you're actually pretty good in terms of covering at that position. So you feel pretty good there. But I think overall, when you compare this matchup of Clemson's offense against Florida State's defense, Florida State's defense can give them some significant problems. You, you essentially have a good defensive line for Florida State. It's not a, it's not the defensive line it would be with with Lovett, without question. But it's a pretty good defensive line against an offensive line that's had some had its troubles. I mean, Clemson's offensive line I don't think is better than Florida State's. So, I think they might actually be worse than Florida State's offensive line when you've got the current composition. Even with Turnitin at, at right tackle, I think Clemson's offensive line has been right in that same tier. So FSU can give them some significant problems up front. Now, the concern for me here is that FSU is still softer against the run at, at, in those defensive tackle spots than you would ideally like. I mean, Cooper's not 100%, and without Lovett there, they just don't have that dude who you know can make an offense one-dimensional and essentially say, well, you ain't running in here. So the question is, can FSU dominate enough up front in that spot to make Clemson completely one-dimensional and force DJ Uyunglele to uh, into passing downs? That's the question. 
Clemson, if in those cases, if FSU starts getting after him that way defensively, Clemson has traditionally consistently defaulted to quarterback run concepts whenever they're in that kind of dogfight. And DJ had a couple big runs against NC State that broke that game open. So you you have to be able to you have to be aware of that and you have to be able to clean that up if he does that. That said, if I'm fuller here, I absolutely do not treat DJ Uyunglele as a dual threat that, you know, like a Malik Cunningham or whatever and spy him with my backers. I don't do it. I won't do it because I actually I want them to to use his legs and I want to I want him he's you know he's not the fastest guy in the world. I'm okay if he runs and if I just have my guys rally to the football and get some shots in. You know, maybe you don't call a bunch of man under concepts so that he has free run. But against your base cover seven, I think this is a game you can go base cover seven and run that most of the game. And you rush rush him. You don't mush rush him. You rush the passer like he's a passer. You get after him and you force him. He's not a scrambler. If he, if he is going to run, it's usually going to be on a design type concept. Get after him. Get in his face. And I think you can, I think you can cause some problems for them up front. I think, I, I think this Florida State team can hold this Clemson offense under five yards of play, which is what they've done a couple times this season. I mean, FSU on the season, again, defensively has been pretty good. They held Wake Forest. They held NC State under five yards per play. If they can do that, I think they can go again with Clemson being under five yards per play. And I think really around four and a half yards per play is what I'd expect here. So that gives you a shot to win if you can do something on the other side of the ball. And that's where we're turning after we talk about Shenandoah Newsma of ShenRealEstate.com in the Research Triangle of North Carolina. If you have any real estate needs in the greater Research Triangle in North Carolina, give Shen a call. She's the best in the business in the research triangle, nobody will outwork her. Nobody's going to out-research her. You'll know that you come to the table with more knowledge than whoever is coming across from you. Let her know you heard about her from the Unconquered podcast. So the next thing, looking at the Florida State offense against the Clemson defense, well, I mean, this is pretty simple. Florida State is an offense where Mike Norvell believes in running the football. He wants, you know, FSU is a run-first offense that then wants to get one-on-one matchups off that run off of the run to set up the pass to be able to get playmakers the ball in space. It's what they want to do. Here's the thing. Good luck against these guys doing that. Especially with Brzee and Thomas back, you're going to have a hard time running the football against this front. Again, they've given up 2.2 yards per carry, and that's just they've been dominant on the defensive line. So you can't expect to just line up and be able to run the football with consistency. I do think, given their back seven, given how aggressive they are on their front, and they still are running the same type stuff that they did under Venables, it's the same system. They're really aggressive getting downhill. There are some big plays to be had if you hit him with the right concept into the right look, and you block it just right once. You can get some big plays. You can get some chunk plays in the running game against them. If you do it just right, because you got the athletes. But to me, this game, looking at what 
problems Clemson has had defensively. To me, this is a game where you come in and you tendency break the heck out of yourself. Because Clemson, the other thing is Clemson is a big tendency attacker defensively. It's what Venables believed in, and it's what they do now. They, they, they identify your tendencies, and they attack those tendencies and try to take that away. So I'm going tendency breaker after tendency breaker, especially early, to try to get some big plays out of that. And one of those is, this is a game where I think you come in and you throw the football on first down. You play action, and you throw it down the field, and you've got to be creative when you do run. You don't just line up and run inside zone or, or power counter on first down a bunch. Because you do that, you're going to be in second and long, third and long, and that's that's just asking for trouble against this defense. This is a game where if you are going to run inside zone, it had better be a zone read. I think this is where power read and using some quarterback run concepts is a, is a really core thing. I mean, they're going to go tight, tight front, where you've got the zero technique right over the center and the two... You know, more of an odd look up front, three defensive linemen or three bigs on the defensive line, sort of in tight on your on your tackles. They'll do some of that. You got to use your G concept. You got to use some power counter and counter read and that sort of thing to get the edge. You're not trying to run inside against this group. You try to get the edge on some of those things, kind of mash them together and see if a back can win against their backers. And I think, you know, again, they got some good backers. Trenton Simpson is excellent. Defensive player of the year in the ACC so far right now is the other backer they've got. So, you know, but you might be able, you might be able to get to shake one of those tackles and and you can might be able to get a win there and, and get some big plays. But this is a game where I think in the running game, this is where I think Florida State's really going to miss Ward in this game. He's the kind of runner that you really want to have any sort of consistency against this defensive front. And he's just not there. He's going to be hurt. So this is where I wonder, you know, are you going to see the freshman? Are you going to see the true freshman Hill get called on to step up and and do some of that in his in his space, in that in that uh, space instead of just giving all the other carries to Benson and Toa Feely, Do maybe you let Hill, who is he might be the fastest of the running backs. I think he probably is uh, and has, I think, a little bit more of that sort of vision and, and elusiveness at the line of scrimmage, you know, do you give him an opportunity here? I'd consider it just because of how their, their front stacks up. And if you can get his speed on the second level, he's got a chance, but ultimately to me, their defensive backs have struggled against big receivers and especially wake forest. Again, wake forest averaged 11.6 yards per pass against this defense. And they insisted on staying in man coverage and letting their corners go one-on-one with, with receivers they could not cover. So A.T. Perry and those guys, they ate. This is a game where, again, you get Johnny Wilson involved early. You get some of these guys in those one-on-ones against those outside corners, and you take some shots off play action. Test those DBs down the field and see if you can get some plays on them. And, again, you want to make these safer shots that you can punt away if you don't get, if you don't get the completion. Your defensive, your, your your wide receiver just turns into a DB, just get, you know, end the drive with a kick, move on. But this is going to be a play, this is going to be a field position type game. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. So if I'm Mike Norvell, I'm, I'm trying to find like, are there, are there two or three shot plays 
maybe a trick play or two. Again, this is the LSU plan. What you're doing here is is thinking about the way that you attacked LSU in this respect. Are there two or three ways that I can just take a shot? You know, Pokey Wilson is a guy that I think can win some matchups downfield. You Pokey Wilson and Johnny Wilson become your guys. See if they can get some get some wins against those outside corners. And otherwise, you know, maybe a trick play, maybe a shot here or there, because I think two or three big plays could win this game if you protect the ball and you don't turn it over and you just get two or three big plays that can, you know, change the scoreboard for you. I think you win the game. That's the way you're coming into this. Don't turn it over. Hit your couple shots and see if your defense can hold up just enough. I think that's the way you have to attack this. So. That takes us then into thinking about special teams, which brought to you by Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida. Again, let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered podcast if you want your garage to be the envy of your neighborhood in South Florida. Now, here's the thing. In special teams, this tips the balance to Clemson. Clemson's kicker has been reliable. He's 80% on the year. Fitzgerald... Well, I mean, he did kick one last week and he has returned back to his old mechanics. He talked about that some this week. They made some swing changes, as it were, in the uh, in the preseason. And I think it was a terrible mistake to do that at that point. And, you know, when you are trying to do things that you're not comfortable with and you're doing it in games, you're doing it in golf tournaments, it's not going to go well. Well, you know, if he's confident with the old mechanics, let him do it. Maybe, maybe you feel good about it. But based on so far this season... Clemson's going to have the advantage in terms of the kicking game, in terms of place kicking, at least. And I think this is a game where you're probably going to get, you know, if you get down into the, you know, green zone or the red zone, probably going to end up with a, you know, third and seven. And then that becomes a fourth and nine or fourth and seven that you're going to want to be able to kick a field goal. And right now, Clemson feels pretty confident running their guy out. Florida State is, you know, still not. So I think that's a factor. So overall, my thinking on this game is this matchup is much more favorable than you would think based on the record of the teams, based on the ranking of the teams, and based on the last few years. If you just knew those things, you'd expect Clemson to be a double-digit favorite. But I think Florida State legitimately has several advantages in this game. Several things that they can do that could cause Clemson some significant problems. And I think Clemson's offense is going to have trouble moving the football in this game, which I think gives Florida state a puncher's chance. I mean, it's going to be a lower scoring game. I don't think it's going to be a high possession game. I think this is a game where, you know, you can, you've got a shot. You, you score a couple touchdowns, you get one turnover Florida state's plus one. I think they win the game. So, you know, that that's, that's how close I think this is going to be. Or how close a matchup this is, I guess. And beware Mike Norvell as an underdog. The last three years, since he's gotten to Tallahassee, he has outperformed in games where Florida State has been an underdog. So where you look at that and you're like, eh, yeah, they probably just can't block him or whatever. Florida State's outperformed in each one of those games. I think FSU's coaching staff does have a, a bit of an edge here against what, what you're looking at from Clemson. And, you know, I think if... If Florida State had Lovett, especially full-strength Lovett, at defensive tackle, and had Ward at running back, 
I would expect them to win this game. I think this, I think this matchup with those two players playing, I think Florida State's the better team. And honestly, I think if Lovett had played all season, I think Florida State would be unbeaten right now. But I think Florida State would be the better team if Lovett and Ward were playing. But they don't have either one. And I think Clemson having more of its team healthy, especially with Thomas and Brzee returning, I think that ultimately is the difference in this game. And I also just can't trust this FSU team to be situationally good enough down the stretch to expect them to win this kind of game yet either. They've not proven it to me. You got to show me first. You got to show me that in this kind of game against this kind of opponent, night game, national television audience, that you're ready against a marquee, you know, repeated playoff contender, that you're ready to close a game out with the game on the line, that you're not going to have, you know, problems that you're not going to kind of pucker up at the end. And this team has not shown me that yet. You got to learn how to do that as a team and doing that against a team that's already learned that, that that championship DNA is already there. That's another step altogether. So could they make that step in this game? This game could be it. This could be the, you know, you drain the putt to win a, 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 a championship event in, in, you know, pro golf. And now you, you feel confident standing over future putts for that. Maybe but they've not shown me that they can do it yet. So even though I think Florida State has some advantages here, and like I said, I would pick them if they had Ward and Lovett in this game. I just can't, I can't make that pick. I'm going with Clemson winning this game 23. Clemson 23, Florida State 20. I think Florida State has about a 40% chance of winning the game. This is going to be a, you know, not quite a toss up, but like I said, Florida State goes plus one in the turnover category, I think they win the football game. They get a couple key big plays, they can win this game. But I'm just not going to pick them to do it. I think they, they're they a little bit less than 50% chance to win it. I've got about a 40% chance of winning the game. Once again, Clemson 23, Florida State 20 is my expectation here. And once again, probably a frustrated post-game uh, hot takes episode. But until then... This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. The Unconquered Podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, ShenRealEstate.com in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Garage Makeovers of Palm Beach and Broward County, and the Unconquered Podcast shop at UnconqueredPodcast.com, which features stickers, magnets, and other seminal gear. Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. I'm especially grateful to those above the dynasty level. That is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Jonathan Kennedy, Lee Caswell, Travis Smith, Tyler Kashishki, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Post us on social media and tell a friend. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this. <laughs>